That's he just does what he he and Blake Lively must have more money than God. And yet they can't get off that rock to get away from the shark. They were in a shark movie together? Blake Lively was. It was called The Shallows. Here's the plot. She's on a rock and there's a shark. Well, no, you're thinking of uh you're thinking of that song from uh Make a Star? What the fuck is that movie called? Uh what? Sing? No, it's like Sing. It's got Bradley Cooper, but also Lady Gaga. What's a star is born. A star is born. In the shallow la 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 Shallows. nothing to start this episode with so i'll just say welcome back to zero credits the show where we talk about things my name is henry and my name's john and together are henry and john coming right at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist and boy are there a lot of things happening right now in the middle of this zeitgeist john wait what do you mean I mean, last week, we recorded on a Tuesday. We always record on Tuesdays. It's a bad day to record. We things. record on Tuesdays. We we ran the numbers and we decided that bad things are least likely to happen on Wednesdays. I, I know. Yeah, we ran the numbers. They're like, no news breaks after Tuesday. What? Yeah, why everyone would any- knows Tuesday is the news day. That's <laughs> why it's called that. Tuesday is the news day. That's why we record on Tuesday. If it doesn't happen before the end of recording on Tuesday, it doesn't happen. But lo and behold, John, the nation decided to throw a curveball at us. And boy, howdy, was that a wacky and wild, don't know why I'm trying to dress this up. Um, What a bad Wednesday. Yeah, what a what an attempted insurrection at our nation's capital that terrifies me to this day not the insurrection itself uh that seemed pretty uh pretty tame as insurrections go considering like four people died of heart attacks and someone tased himself in the dick and balls so hard he died uh so as far as enemy forces go pretty pretty low on the tier list but the circumstances that allowed it to exist are terrifying yes yes the domestic terrorist led attempted insurrection at this nation's capital, which I thought, you know, just just thinking out loud, I thought of the buildings that were safe in this country, you know, you got Fort Knox, that's that's the given. But I, I think that the nation's capital would, would be right up there with, I don't know, very secure buildings that people just can't walk into. Yeah, especially during a time when there are thousands upon thousands of people uh, thronging it on every side. The, I don't know, there's a lot of arguments about, first of all, to get in front of this, like, yes, 
the argument that the police presence there and subsequent response would have been much greater and deadlier if it was something like a Black Lives Matter protest. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. We, it, we, no doubt. We, yeah, there, there's no arguing that. We witnessed that this past summer during the, the just nationwide protest for, for Black Lives Matter. We, we saw exactly what would happen if that uh, like this type of gathering if black lives matter had done this type of insurrection we saw what would have happened like it, it, it's it's there's no question yeah there wouldn't be 600 people inside the capitol there'd be 600 dead bodies and the this is something that i think uh, it's actually a good thing not a good thing that it happened but it's a good thing that this realization is so obviously true no one's really trying to argue <laughs> that uh that the response would be totally different you you kind of have two sides of that debate happening right now where people are like oh the uh protesters and then at that point became terrorists got into the capitol building uh because people who were sympathetic to their cause let them in i'm uh, inclined to believe that somewhat. There are also people who say like they didn't have the police force or the reaction there because their implicit bias led them to act in such a way that they didn't assume they would be violent. And then when they were violent, their implicit viol- their implicit biases kept them from acting violently uh, on the mob. Uh, and I what? can see why people would think that, but people are like using that as an excuse. It's like you're saying that they're uh, horribly racist. Right. Well, I, I mean, on your first point, I actually like I saw a video of police re- removing barricades and letting people through. Like, so in some ways, they the, the 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 proximity that this group was allowed to get to was was spurred on a little bit by being waved through barricades. So maybe and- while, while they didn't let them through the doors, they didn't exactly get them off the lawn, you know. Yeah, and the argument there is that people say, like, oh, in police training, you're meant to avoid violent escalations wherever possible. Uh, I don't think that's true. Uh, I think maybe in training you're told that. I don't think that's implicitly understood. Uh, But some people are saying, like, oh, to avoid a violent confrontation, they allowed them to protest further and further into the grounds, which is a cute argument, but like for Black Lives Matter protesters and in D.C. in the same area, uh, riot cops would like kettle crowds to incite violence and then fire uh, projectiles into those crowds. So I don't think that holds up either. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it goes. No, we're going to say it. It goes with saying the actions that happened this past Wednesday there's no way you can you can there's no way you can be okay with these actions and call yourself a patriot to the United States. Yeah, because it's it they are by their very nature obviously unpatriotic actions in the like there's nothing more unpatriotic than trying to overthrow your government violently. Right. I mean, yeah, I did for further proof, taking down the American flag and replacing it with uh, Trump's flag, like so, you're throwing away the country's flag. That's so. That's by definition unpatriotic. Like, yeah. Uh, there, the good news spinning out of this uh, now that we're getting to cover this after the fact is it seemed for a while there in the the wee hours after Wednesday that these people might be 
able to get off scot-free. No one was really arrested during the insurrection. Uh, There were maybe, I think I saw like 15, 16 arrests during the day, and then a a further 56 arrests that occurred uh, at night because people were out past curfew. And for a while, it seemed like that's all that that was going to happen. The weird thing is I have to be thankful for the FBI. Yeah, they don't often give us reason to be thankful for them. I've never really dealt with the FBI, uh, only insofar as every every so often I'll get um, an email from my internet search provider, service provider, saying that I shouldn't download uh, things from, what is the name of that company with the, the globe that spins Universal illegally? I shouldn't do that. The FBI oh. sends my Well, then you should stop. NordVPN. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't run into the FBI that often, and so I don't really have reason to be mad or sad or glad at them. But right now I'm okay with what they're doing because they're not letting these this this potential coup, this insurrection, this sedition go unpunished. So my concern going into in in like late day Wednesday was when something like this happens, because we really haven't had an opportunity. Uh, thankfully Hello, Bean. My cat jumped up on the desk, screamed into the microphone, and then left. <laughs> good Bean. Um, she's good job. She's Bean. doing good. She's doing great. She's doing the best, uh, the best she can. But going into Wednesday night, my concern, I think a lot of people's concerns, is being relatively pessimistic. People, we think, how far does the corruption spread? Like, is is like this? People are calling it Trumpism. I think it's. I think it's like fascism, just Trump is at the, he's like the figurehead of it. But is this thing that's happening, does it reach to the highest level of government and these people will face no repercussions because this is in fact what people at the highest level of government want. And one of the most heartening things from this is it seems like absolutely not. The government is a thing that is slow to change and people do not like when people try to overthrow it. Oh yeah, it's kind of crazy to see, not crazy. There's a bit of comeuppance in the air to get sort of formal about this. But to see people who have done nothing but spurn and throw fuel on the fire, spur, spur this kind of momentum on, seeing them tweet out, stop this bullshit right now, or like other things in that manner, was so good. Because it's kind of like, you can't stop it right now. It's too late. You had a chance to decry this. You had a chance to, to try to de-escalate your rhetoric and step back, but you keep refusing to do so. And now this is what happens. You've, you've incited an insurrection. You've incited violence. Blood is on your hands. And, and the people who are trying, like they were, no, no one let them get away with it. No one who, who had spurned this on uh, with, with, their, with, with inciting rhetoric who tried to decry it the day of got let off easy. People called them out by saying, by, by doing one of my favorite uh, tw- uh, Twitter things, capturing or like screenshotting what they've said and then uh, doing a caption like, Hey, is this you? Yeah. There, there were a lot of people who had to do abrupt about faces. And these people are the ones we really need to look out for. Well, I guess there's two classes of people. There's these people and the people we truly have to look out for, but we know we need to look out for, like your Ted Cruz's who like don't 
change tack whatsoever. Oh, like yeah. they implicitly uh, incite violence and then don't change their mind whatsoever and are true psychopaths. Oh, they're, uh, the, yeah. Ex- him? Some people to, to look out for are the people who were like inciting violence up to a point where it actually happened. These people who are opportunists. And then when the tide turned, they, they turned against it. But those people are just like riding a wave. Like right. they're idiots. They're, they're morons, but they're morons who can kill people. Yeah, the most dangerous kind of moron. Exactly. Not the harmful, the harmful, not the harmless himbos of the world. Yeah. So you need to watch out for them and you need to watch out for Ted Cruz, uh, that QAnon Congress person, and uh, the weird fascist guy who, hours after this insurrection occurred, uh, got, in, got on the floor of Congress and uh, said that this was all a plot of Antifa. Without Incredible. any evidence. Incredible stupidity. Yeah. Mere hours after... Oh, man. It's just so many stupid things. So much information flying around in the, in the wee hours after this. Like, oh, Antifa mixed in with, you know, good, honest Trump supporters. And they are the ones that incited the riots. And here we are a little under a week later. And the FBI has tracked all these people down. And guess what, John? Um, they're Antifa? No, none of them. Absolutely not. Absolutely none of them. It's almost as if Antifa isn't an organized anything. It's almost like Antifa is more of an ideology than it is an organized group. Oh, wow. How weird. How weird that nobody saw this coming despite this being pointed out for the past several months straight. Wait, do you mean to tell me that Antifa... As, as a useful uh, political stand-in might actually just be a boogeyman for the right so that whenever anything goes wrong, they can blame this group that doesn't actually have, for the most part, like any structure or presence and is just a mindset. It Do you mean might, that when yeah. anything happens, they can just blame it on Antifa, even though we have footage of like dozens of Trump supporters attacking a single black woman? Yeah. And they can blame Antifa? Wow. Wow. This is news to me. Yeah, it was definitely Antifa who beat a police guard. Police guard? That's not what they call themselves. Who beat a policeman to death while holding a thin blue line flag. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no no doubt it's Antifa. It's just so dumb and exhausting. And it's a shame that it took this to make people start to realize how bad this is, which unfortunately proves a a kind of political axiom, which I wish would stop being proved true. Uh, But it's the idea that most people don't care until their lives are threatened. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. And then once their lives are threatened and they see themselves in the Capitol uh, police officer who was beaten to death, uh, then they start to see, oh, this is bad. But but even then, it, it's not nothing. Okay, no, it's like little, very very little has actually happened on the political level. What we're seeing spin out of this is is change and action in the private sector. Yeah, we're we're seeing a lot of companies that used to donate to uh, to Republicans and and members of the GOP start to seriously pull back, and, and we're seeing we're seeing finally. Some action in the uh, what do they call themselves? The big tech industry, where yes, uh, oh, yeah. enemies of free speech, the the free speech assassins. 
Yes, yes. The, uh, the, the big tech free speech assassins have finally mobilized their grand scheme to silence the president in the last 10 days of his presidency. <laughs> it's yes. too little, uh, it's too little, too late, really. Um, but yeah, the president of the United States for the first time uh, since I believe 1812 has been banned from Twitter while still in office. Yeah, usually it happens either when they're out of office or post- posthumously, as happened to Taft when he was banned from Twitter for posting cringe on Maine. But it's really a symbolic gesture, I think, to, to ban Trump from Twitter at this point because it is very much uh, too little too late. It has created an opportunity for a lot of real dummies to create bad faith arguments about free speech, though, which always, well, always rules. Uh, because, of course, when when the king falls, John, of course, all of the little peons around the king also go down as well. And Twitter uh, made sure to not miss because it removed 70,000, over 70,000 QAnon supporters along with Trump during uh, what can only be described as uh, Twitter's best day. Yeah, maybe the the best day in Twitter. Do you know, uh, are you aware of PragerU? I have heard that name like twice in the past year. Uh, basically, they just make YouTube and Twitter content. They're, uh, they're a right-wing, kind of fascist, racist organization that just creates videos that's like, did you know slaveholders weren't that bad? Uh, you, you think I'm joking, but it's, it's really just uh, – it, it's something that parades as an educational institute. But really all it is is something that supports some of the most like uh, maligned, terrible GOP talking points. But they posted this thing on Twitter after the huge purge of violent Nazis, uh, Holocaust deniers, and QAnon supporters. They said, weird, PragerU on Twitter has lost 50,000 followers. Like they were framing it like this is part of a conspiracy, like Twitter is taking their followers away. It's like, no, dude, you're just followed by a bunch of Nazis. It's funny because this happened quite across a large spectrum of people who all happen to be right leaning. Um, But I I think also Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was the mouthpiece, the PR, whatever, press secretary for a minute. um, I think she also said something about losing about 50,000 followers and how like Twitter needs to stop that. And it's like, well, uh, hey – weird way to call out that you appeal to a very certain demographic it's just people not understanding twitter it's like if you're if you're like uncle if someone unfriended your uncle on facebook he's like facebook's broken (laughs) facebook took my friend away it's like no your friend just doesn't like you anymore they got banned (laughs) because all they do is post pictures of their butthole on facebook And, and like the crazy thing is during this time of an almost coup as sedition insurrection by domestic terrorists, uh, a lot of right wing people are simply posting about their, their loss of Twitter followers instead of anything else. Isn't that kind of weird how they're obsessed with what following they've cultivated and now they're losing part of it. It's almost as if, I don't know, they're kind of only in it for themselves and what, what they can gain from it. Yeah, it's almost as if it's a, a, a self-serving uh, fascist parade that they've all been playing in for the last few years, and now they're sad that it's that it's ending. And then, of course, you have people who have 
uh, more substantive, but not actually uh, critiques of Twitter saying that like banning people is a violation of free speech, which like, have you heard or seen anyone indicate as much on social networks? Heard or indicate what? Heard or indicated like, hey, uh, Trump being banned or whatever is uh, an infringement upon free speech. Oh, I actually have, unfortunately. I won't get into it, but uh, while 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 it's in my mind, uh, I did promise I was going to do that, so I'll uh, do something real quick. I'll just do it real quick. Uh, Shout-outs to my dad, who is, as we speak, prepping for a colonoscopy. Uh, congrats. Anyway, so yeah, I saw my dad say that on Facebook. <laughs> nice. Wait, did you promise that you would mention his colonoscopy? <laughs> I did. I did. I did promise him that I would. Uh, I would. I would. He asked me to keep. My mom asked me to keep my dad in my prayers on Wednesday because he's having a colonoscopy. I asked if he would rather me have him in my thoughts on Tuesday for the prep work, and he laughed and said yes. Then I said, I will mention you on the podcast. And he kind of was like, don't do that. But here we are. (laughs) Here we are. He posted an article about how big tech needs to be kept in check with uh, on infringing on on the freedom of speech. And uh, so it's related. (laughs) Okay, cool. So I won't talk directly to your dad, but I will talk directly to people who believe the same thing that your dad does. Uh, And this is free. I want to say this is free technology you can use. And a lot of people have made this point. But there's really no, in my view, uh, more salient way to get this point across. Uh, Twitter is a bakery and Donald Trump is a uh, gay wedding cake. Like if, if the fight that we were having years and years ago about a business's right to choose who they serve, which for the record... Uh, I've always been behind. I think businesses should have the ability to choose who they serve. And if they refuse to serve people, like they deserve to go out of business uh, among those people. But like, if you're going to complain about Twitter refusing to render a service to Donald Trump, you do not have room to complain about a bakery refusing to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple, you can't fight for a private business's ability to choose and then get mad when they do it. Right. Yeah. So for all of you people right now who are mad at big tech for banning certain people or, or deplatforming others, uh, every time you log into Twitter, I want you to do something. I want you to imagine just on the wall Right as you walk in through the Twitter door, there's a sign that says, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone uh, because they do. Yeah, every business does. I mean, obviously, you can't discriminate uh, against people for for like ADA reasons if you're an employer. But like if you choose to discriminate against someone and allow them not to use your service for, to be clear, breaking their terms of service literally thousands of times. Right. Yeah, it's 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 simple. It's super simple. Like, I know that in the late capitalist world we live in right now, where everything is fed to us from a corporation. So the only way we get heard on a regular basis is through the bottleneck that is some corporation or another's platform. It can feel like we're losing the ability to speak. But it's through a private entity. When you log onto Twitter to talk, you're not standing in the street yelling. You're using a service. 
Yeah. And to use a service, you usually don't read, but click accept terms of service. And if you violate those, they can do whatever they want. They can deplatform you. They can decide not to deplatform you. Um, but it, it's this, it's freedom of speech only, only, only ever refers to government repercussion for speech. It exactly. Ne- yeah. It never protects you from private individuals or screaming fire in a crowded place. Yeah, it, it just protects you from government retaliation. Like, that's it. Yeah. And also, if you get removed from the Google Play Store or something, if you're an app full of Nazis, you also don't have room to complain. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's... A lot of people just... I mean, this has been true of freedom of speech, at least for the entirety of the time I've been alive. People just use freedom of speech as an argument to say, I feel like I should be able to say whatever. It's like, you can. You are, (laughs) yeah. You are. You can. No one one is stopping you from saying things, just they might remove the platform in which you say them uh, because you violate the very long list of rules that they put forth when you sign up for the service. It's like going to a skywriting company, and the skywriting company's one rule is that you can't make defamatory skywriting comments about the owner of the business whose name is Terry, and you want him to skywrite, fuck you, Terry, owner of the skywriting business. (laughs) You broke his one rule. He's within his rights to not serve you. Right. Absolutely. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Dumb. It's dumb. And so is trying to overthrow the government with nary a plan, but to get break into the the chamber of Congress and upon finding it empty, stealing the speaker podium and then the police calmly ask you to leave. And so you kind of just do love that that guy get arrested. I mean, to, to speak of these nincompoops who stormed the Capitol uh, I feel like kind of a dangerous precedent that we've set is a lot of the footage and pictures we see from it is like, you know, that potentially mentally disturbed ex-actor in the bear skin or whatever who calls right. himself like the QAnon shaman or that smiling dope holding the speaker's podium. Uh, but I would recommend people out there look up the videos of what it actually looked like because it's much much more scary than those cute pictures that are plastered everywhere. Like there were people with like guns and zip ties and there were some people who were taking it as a very real invitation to inflict serious bodily harm on people. Yeah. And just a quick update, uh, both individuals known as uh, the zip tie guys uh, have been arrested. So that's good. Hell yeah. They should be, they should go to prison for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean that, that is, Attempted kidnapping, uh, probably harmful intent or intent to inflict bodily harm. Yeah, th- th- there's a there's a ton, a ton of just people who were made briefly internet famous only to have that fame turned against them because their faces were literally everywhere and they were very easy to identify. And, and like I said, there are cute pictures out there of those people. But like, I don't know, if there's footage of someone being beaten with an American flag, it Look up the video. What happened is actually very scary and very disheartening. And we we can't think it was cute. No, absolutely not. This was a very serious thing. No one should ever try to do this again. Yeah. I I mean, I I would recommend 
uh, maybe eight days from now, uh, if people want to do that again, uh, don't. Right. And know that the National Guard, who was uh, denied being uh, deployed on so many by so many different, so many people asked for them to be deployed. Uh, just know that in eight days, uh, they're 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 gonna have ten thousand troops, uh, guards, not guards. Ten thousand guards are troops. Troops. Okay. Well, ten thousand of their regiment are already in Washington D.C. So there's no there's gonna be no delay. Like it's they're gonna be there already. So just don't try it again. Just don't try it again. Yeah. Just keep in mind. On Inauguration Day, there are going to be more troops in Washington, D.C. than there are in Afghanistan right now. And a lot of those people are going to be members of the National Guard, and they are itching for an opportunity to shoot somebody. I cannot explain to you how boring it is being in the National Guard. And a lot of people who sign up really, really want an excuse to shoot somebody. So don't do anything. These people are crazier than you are. Yeah, absolutely. They signed up to be in the National Guard. Yeah, they signed up to be in... They Here's what people in, that, in the National Guard... They're the same people who could get into the army, but they were either not committed enough or too crazy to do it, and they've been able to parade around with guns for a long time, and they ain't never been able to use them. Yeah. So if 10,000 gun-wielding psychopaths in our nation's employ doesn't give you hope that the inauguration will go off without a hitch, uh, I've got a bridge to sell you in Michigan. No, there's a lot of water in Michigan. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, that's the second time that bridge expression has come up in two weeks on this podcast. It's a, it's a new idiomatic expression that we're trying out. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, brand new. And if you believe that, I've got a bridge. Ah, shut up. Huh. Oh, so we're going to keep a close eye on that um, because it's it's literally, literally, I'm slurring my words and I, I, I'm not drinking. Uh, literally, that is the biggest thing happening right now in this country of America and perhaps the world have not checked in with the world lately. Have not. I will be honest. I'll, I'll send him a text later. Yeah, pl- please check. Please check in with the world. You know, I some sometimes, you know, sometimes the world just doesn't want to be alone right now. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, you just gotta gotta be there for the world. And you know, if the world responds in kind, that's all. It's it's good. Yeah, I mean, whenever the world goes through anything, I like to text it. Like, you know, I'll be here to talk if you want to talk. But you know, the world's gonna process some stuff. You up. Yeah, you up. Sometimes I text the world, I say, hey, with two Y's. Yeah, W-Y-D, you know. Yeah. What's the move? DTF. DTF. (laughs) Hey, world. (laughs) Hey, world. DTF? Yeah. One time I, uh, one time I texted the world, (laughs) what you doing? And the world texted back, ew, but then they texted (laughs) LOL. So I don't know if they meant... The ew, so I'm still going to keep talking to him. Right. But, you know. Well, speaking of things going on in the world, John. Yes? I was waiting for you to, like, I don't know, back and forth. Oh, things happening in the world. Um, Yes. (laughs) You might recall, and uh, of course our dear fans might recall that uh, for the past couple of months, we have... um, 
Tongue and Cheekly covered the comings and goings of one ill-fated streaming service known as Quick Bites. Oh, Quick Bites. Thank God you used their full Christian name. Right, their God-given registered <laughs> registered corporate name. Uh, of course, I'm talking of Quibi, for those of us who know, know him on the streets. Yeah, the Quibi or the QB or the Quibi. 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 Do you think they meant for it to be Quibi, Quick Bites? Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, I know everyone's really sad. They saw Quibi, you know, rise to the height that it rose, and then we um, all had our favorite things on Quibi that we love to watch. All start Fifty States of Fright, yeah. Golden Arm. Now you name one. Golden Arm Two. Uh, the the sex sex doll. Um, Anna Kendrick was in it. Maybe I don't know. Was Anna Kendrick? Wasn't there one called Die Hart where Kevin Hart was? being trained to be an action star maybe there was supposed to be that who knows or maybe that really existed quibi the home of all of our favorite television for the last i'm gonna say nine months (laughs) i I think it's less than that but uh, i know we all had our favorites and so we were very sad to see the service go uh but according to this uh report from TechCrunch, quibi is dead but its shows will live on. The Wall Street... Oh. Ju- what? 50, 50 States of Fright Golden Arm 3? I don't know. The Wall Street Journal reported last week that Roku, of all people, was in talks to acquire the short-form video services content. And this morning, Roku announced that it has indeed reached a deal for the exclusive distribution rights to all of Quibi's programs. Financial terms of the acquisition were not disclosed. That's the saddest line in this whole thing. I really want to know how much they paid. Wait, does this mean? I think what they what what's the guy who made Quibi something Katzenberg? Katzenberg was his name. Absolutely. They just like flip a flip a dirty quarter onto Katzenberg's desk. They like keep the change, and they've got a wheelbarrow full of Quibi IP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's all on. Uh, it's it's all on microfilm. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's little tiny film reels. Uh, uh, so this is Roku. Roku it, talks. And the great news is uh, Roku said it will make this content available for free with ads on the Roku oh, channel. <laughs> oh, the Roku channel where everyone watches everything. You know that channel if you have a Roku device that you've literally never launched except for maybe when you first got the device to see like what's on this and you found nothing – now you'll find find Quibi shows, and somehow they're also going to include ads in the ten minute long episodes. Yeah, every episode just has uh, four to five to six <laughs> ad breaks. <laughs> One every two minutes. Now, you haven't seen this, most likely, but. I- Something that I thought about a few days ago is I think there might actually be rogue Quibi content floating around, which is content that was filmed and more importantly written for Quibi, but then ended up on different services. I have no way of knowing if this is true, but there's a popular uh, bodice ripper period piece on Netflix called uh, Bridgerton. And... Oh yes, you know I've heard, of it. I've, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's just a lot of people having sex. 
but its format is such that there is a narrator character who recaps the events of the episode, but I did notice her recaps happen about every 10 minutes. Oh, wow. So there are multiple recaps within an episode. I'm like, was this, was this made so that there would be a recap at the beginning of every new episode on Quibi? Because it is only like six (laughs) episodes long to a season, which if you broke that up is like the perfect like season length for Quib. I don't know. Maybe I'm a conspiracy, a Quibspiracy theorist. But it really feels like it. Look, if they had everything, if they had all their ducks in a row, and Quibi was trying to like make some cash, uh, maybe they sold the rights they had to that show to Netflix. I don't, you know, who's to say what goes on behind closed doors in those Hollywood halls? I, I will say that once this content becomes available on Roku, I am actually going to watch everything that was going to be on Quibi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once it's free with ads. Uh, I'll be able to celebrate uh, the following sentence. Uh, Today's announcement marks a rare opportunity to acquire compelling original content that features some of the biggest names in entertainment, said Roku's vice president of programming, Rob Holmes, in a statement. We're excited to make this content available to our users in the Roku channel through an ad-supported model. We're also thrilled to welcome the incredible studios and talented individuals who brought these stories to life and showcased them to our tens of millions of viewers. Interesting choice throughout that press release. (laughs) Everything about this, it was the vice president making the statement, and the fact that it says tens of millions of users. (laughs) Everything. So I think we can all admit that I I think Roku is probably the most widespread streaming device. We've got a Roku. We've been using it for a long time. Uh, it's kind of the le- the lowest barrier to entry in terms of price. I think it's very popular. But everything about Roku's programming up to and including this press release just feels off-brand for some reason. Like, why couldn't the president of Roku make this announcement? Because I'm not sure that the president of Roku is really doing a whole hell of a lot. Right. I mean, they make streaming devices, uh I guess they have a streaming service channel, but I'm pretty sure it's only available through their devices. So you have to get one of their devices to to get the their stuff. And as far as I know, they've made no original content, but now they're going to have all of Quibi. And it doesn't sound like they're going to keep going with like making new stuff. Sounds like they're really just going to showcase what Quibi had to offer on first launch. And that's about it. Yeah, they're... So the whole thing is it's going to be like a Quibi masterpiece theater. Like you're going to go into the Quibi section and then like Vivaldi's Rite of Spring is going to play. And then all the glorious Quibi titles uh, framed in their in their filigreed Rococo style frames will be available to you. And oh, is today a die heart kind of day? A 50 states of fright kind of day? Ooh, finger sandwiches. It's an artisanal Criterion Channel style experience. Did you, did you just get shot and die? <laughs> no, no. Something just Were you the... holding your phone and you dropped it on the table? Something fell in the background. <laughs> it sounded uh, extremely loud and incredibly close. Oh, I love that movie. Wasn't Tom Hanks a plane? Uh, no. He... Oh, okay. 
<laughs> you're thinking of planes, the sequel to Cars 2. <laughs> right. Um, I, for one, look forward to logging into the Roku channel exactly once and uh, seeing all of the shows on Quibi and then turning it off and walking away. <laughs> I don't have time for this. I'm I'm going to watch at least the Golden Arm episode 50 States of Fright. Is there a timetable on when this is going to be available? Ooh, let me check the article that I definitely did not already click away from. Um, I'm not kidding. It sounded exactly like you died. I did not die. Any rumors of my death? Uh, greatly exaggerated. There is no timetable announced on this TechCrunch uh, article. Okay, so we'll just have to wait the, I don't know, six or seven years for Roku to get the resources together to host this, and then we'll have all this Quibi shit to watch. Right, they, they bought it all, and now they're like, well, how, well fuck, how, how do we get it all? How do we get it onto the service? Um, Well, the, the nice thing is, so current future state Quibi content obviously going to be hosted on the Roku channel, and I have an inside scoop, Henry. Oh, no, what's going on? Future seasons of Roku content are actually going to be hosted on Row 8, Voodoo, Stirred, Grokker, and Curiosity Stream. Okay, you just named a bunch of different things that I'm pretty sure do not exist. All of them are channels that are that are constantly advertised on our Roku device. Oh, okay. So does Roku have a stake in Grokker? Like... No, totally different. <laughs> uh, mostly row eight and voodoo. Sometimes a movie will be a dollar cheaper to rent on row eight if you really want to watch like planes, trains, and automobiles or something. Or if you want to watch fucking Spider Man, let's say you're watching all the Marvel movies and you want to watch Spider Man. <laughs> Guess where you watch Spider Man, Henry? Crackle. No, stars. Oh, stars. Well, does Sony own stars? I don't know, but the only fucking place to watch either Spider-Man movie is Stars. That sucks. It really sucks. Oh. The first one is good. I haven't seen the second one. Second one was pretty good. I think I saw it twice by accident. Plane? I forget the circumstances. Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks was a plane. I'm pretty sure that happened. I got shot, you know. <laughs> crazy episode. Crazy, crazy episode. Crazy episode. An insurrection happened in the background of my uh, my recording room, and uh, I've been shot. Oh no! We this shouldn't joke about that. What happened? Yeah, we shouldn't joke about that. Um, how do I transition this? Listen, I'm just saying the only people that were hoping to get shot at this inter- insurrection are beep and John Kratzenberg. I don't know his name. <laughs> I think you maybe actually named the. The president of Quibi. Oh, if I did, it's a complete accident. I really don't know his name. Well, we'll censor as need be. Good. Uh, so, Quibi, we wish you well. You're dead, so I don't know why I said that. You can't do anything anymore, can you? No, you person. You're not a it's person. It's gone from good luck to rest in peace. That's what it is. So, bond, bond voyage. Wait, what? Bond farewell. Bid farewell? I'm Bone having a journey. Stroke. <laughs> Bone journey Quibi. Bone journey Quibi. May your pieces of uh, remains rest in Roku. You know, never, nary a more eloquent 
epitaph Ben Spake <laughs> on podcast Wayne. I, I went to school for words, believe it or not. I went to school for numbers, which explains a lot. What else is going on? Uh, well, we have time for one last little quick bite. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Quibi's dead. We can do that. Wait, if we if we take it right now, we could we can take <laughs> we can take quick bite back. Yeah, and we'll, make one last quibby. Let's act like it's normal. Right. One last little quibby for today. One little quick bite of information. Um, a little gaming studio, you might have heard of it, John, it's called Bethesda, has teamed up with another gaming studio that everybody knows and loves called uh, Machine Gun Games. Wait, Bethesda? Makers of wet? Yes. <laughs> Bethesda of wet fame. Bethesda, makers of the Terminator 2 open world game from the early 90s? The very same, John, that exact Bethesda has teamed up with uh, Machine Gun Games, who um, I think released a game where you have machine guns. (laughs) Nice. Um, Oh, yeah. They make Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein 2 and then Wolfenstein the Old Blood. Turns out they just make the new Wolfenstein games, John. It seems like they might have published wet. Oh, okay. Well, Wet Publisher Bethesda and Wolfenstein, the New Order developer Machine Gun Games, have teamed up for a surprise teaser for a new game featuring a titular movie character. Ooh! That's right, John. Who indeed? Because... It's Indiana Jones. I I don't write this. I don't write for this podcast. I don't. Ugh. They're making what? an Indiana Jones game. The red hot IP Indiana Jones. They're striking while the iron's hot. Just hold on. Wait, are they publishing and Machine Gun is developing? I think that's what it is. Yeah. So they Bethesda publishers of Starfield, Rage 2 and the Evil Within. Are partnering with the developers of, I think you mentioned, a Wolfenstein 2 DLC? <laughs> they made, they made like, the New Order, like, the new Wolfenstein games that, I guess, were were, were pretty good. Um, yes. You mean Bethesda, t- the publishers of Rogue Warrior, Broken Steel? What is happening? <laughs> yes, that Bethesda. <laughs> and Hunted the Demon's Forge? Yes, exactly. That Bethesda is teaming up with Wolfenstein The New Order. With people who made the DLC to one Wolfenstein game? They made more than that, I'm pretty sure. They're striking while the iron's hot, John. Just 12 years after the, (laughs) the most recent film, they are coming together to create an Indiana Jones game. And a lot of people are speculating that it's going to be like one of your Uncharted's, one of your uh, Drake's Fortunes, one of your uh, Tomb Raiders, that sort of thing. But here's here's what I'm thinking, John. Oh? It would be too easy to suppose that's the type of game they're going to make. Of course, the obvious comparisons to Nathan Drake and, and Laura Croft Tomb Raider that's low-hanging fruit. I don't think that Bethesda, publishers of the Elder Scrolls Online, 
and also the Elder Scrolls card game and Machine Gun Kelly, a rapper, would get together in this moment to just copy what's been done before. I think, John, we're finally going to get a rigorous live action role-playing game of what it's like to be a professor of archaeology. Wait, do you mean machine games? No, I'm... Yeah, machine games. Okay. Yeah, they, uh... I was looking at machine gun games. It was just giving me games with machine guns in it. Surprisingly, that's a lot of them. Machine games. Yeah, machine games. You mean to tell me... God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, The bit is dead. Okay. However, uh... God, what's the... What's the name of that game? Uh, I like to imagine this, as a matter of fact, being a point-and-click adventure game. Oh, like a uh, Monkey's Island? Yeah, like a Monkey like a monkey Island. Now, of course, uh, you know for a fact that both Monkey Island and Indiana ja- James... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Indiana James is here! <laughs> Uh, Monkey Island and, of course, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Uh, Very astute of you to name Monkey Island because that was also a scum engine game by the same developers. Right, yeah. It's going to be a point-and-click adventure game, much like one of your Nightshades on the NES. Much like one of your Looms. Much like your Mist? I'm out of my death here. I played a lot of it. I don't know. I did this thing for a few years where I was trying to play like every LucasArts adventure game. They're all pretty good. However, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, totally fit for uh, for an adventure game, even though there's that dumb like pattern matching puzzle at the end. But I would also be down for a weird Indiana Jones role-playing game. You start as young Indiana Jones, and then you become old Indiana Jones, and then you become old Harrison Ford, and you're getting in plain accidents. <laughs> look, look. This Dude is loves to get in accidents in and around planes. He loves landing planes on highways. It's his favorite hobby. Dude has been injured exiting a plane and no shit exiting a fictional plane. Right. The same one, too. Um, yeah. I think, look. People have been – they've been begging Rockstar for ages. We want a sequel to Bully, a game where you play as a middle school bully. And look, I'm not saying that Bethesda and Machine Games are coming together to give a spiritual successor to Bully where you play as Professor Henry Jones at a college campus. I'm just merely suggesting wouldn't that subvert expectations – and therefore be probably the the game of the year whenever this comes out. People have been saying, we want a sequel to Bully, a.k.a. Red Dead Redemption Zero. Exactly. And Indiana Jones is that game. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's too obvious for them to make an adventure game a la Nathan Drake's Stolen Drake Fortune 2 or Laura Croft Tomb Raider new rise of the shadow of the tomb raider i think this is gonna be indiana jones and the exploration of oxford college i would genuinely be so down for that bully was incredible my real concern though is machine games has only developed first person shooters not to say that like 
there's some technical limitation that would keep them from making a game that's not a first-person shooter. But man, how terrible would an Indiana Jones first-person shooter be? What says Indiana Jones more than the following sentence? A university-bound first-person shooter where Indiana Jones' famed archaeologist does nothing but dual-wield machine guns and gun down college kids. Oh, this sounds incredible. Does it, it's, it's what George Lucas and Steven Spielberg probably first envisioned when they created the character. Yeah, I, and I think it's nice because they're going to bring on uh, Ron Gilbert, of course, creator in, of Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Are they actually bringing And of them course, on? Pajama Sam Sockworks and Putt Putt Enters <laughs> the Race and Freddy Fish 3, The Case of the Stolen Conch Shell and Total oh, Annihilation, The Core Contingency, Blue's Birthday Adventure, of course. And the entire dev team of Nightshade. The entire dev team of Nightshade. He also made Fatty Bear's Fun Pack. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I made Day of the Tentacle. That's, that's one. That's, oh, that's a pedigree. Love, people love Day of the Tentacle. I don't know why. I've never played it. What happened between. Okay, what what happened between him making The Secret of Monkey Island in 1990 to him making, hold on, hold on, uh, 2002's Sonny's Race for the Big Chocolatey Taste. <laughs> it, oh, this is really sad. That was a Ron dark... Gilbert's really good. This a, is so sad to see what happened to his career. A dark dark age of video games is that exact period of time that you just described. Um, I can't wait for Indiana Jones to... <laughs> what, what, what happened between 1987's Maniac Mansion and 2020's... I'm not kidding you. This is the name of it. Dolores A. Thimbleweed Park Mini Adventure, comma, a completely free release due to COVID-19 lockdown. Wow. Uh, only only the flies on the wall know the full story, John. What happened between Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis and Scurvy Scallywags and the Voyage to Discover the Ultimate Sea Shanty, a musical match three pirate RPG? Only the uh, the annals of history will be able to answer that question. Sorry, I I need to leave Ron Gilbert's Wikipedia page. This is it sad sounds to me. It sounds toxic. It's it's tanking my joke. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. The moment has passed. Uh, so Bethesda and Machine Games uh, co-developing, maybe publishing. Who knows? A new Indiana Jones game coming out in the far flung future. To next-gen consoles, I guess. I have no idea. PS5, baby. PS5, baby. The Xbox One Series 1X, 2X, 3. And the Nintendo Switch. I don't know. No one's ever developing for the Switch. But uh, Oh, not the Switch. The, the no, Switch. The, next one. The, <laughs> the Switch. The, the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The Swatch. Yeah, remember when it was called the Wii and then the Wii U? It's the Switch and then the Switch. <laughs> yeah, the, the Switch. D- don't get confused. Don't don't think it's it's not a new separate console because it is. Yeah, it's different. You can hold it with four hands now. <laughs> In fact, you have to. It's mandatory. Yeah, you have to keep a thumb of all of your four hands on a button at all times. Yeah, or that's else how it you bricks the console. That's how you activate the motion controls so you 
can pull back the the chamber, no, what the the receiver on the gun, as as Indiana Jones guns down a, a TA and says, "Not on my fucking campus, you Nazi scum." Yeah, I I think we've made a perfectly serviceable design document. Yeah, you know, hit, hit us up, hit us up, Bethesda and Machine Games. Uh, we got ideas. <laughs> Please, if this has not convinced you that we have ideas, then you're fucking fools. Yeah, you're dumb. We're going to get a rock star and we're going to pitch Bully 2 Archaeology Edition with a character that passes a legally distinct resemblance to Indiana Jones. And they're going to eat this shit right up. Yeah, they're going to publish this. Yeah, and give us the Game of the Year award. That's right. They can give it out. Yeah, they do it every year. Listen, Bethesda and Machine Gun Works, you'll never work in this town again. Bethesda? I haven't even heard of you. I don't drive by your office building when I go to get my vegan chicken every day. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I didn't, <laughs> didn't used to live down the street from you. <laughs> It's cool. You don't live there anymore. I know. I know. But it's it's true. I, I lived down the street from them. I walked. Their, their, their office was a Pokestop. Sometimes I see the Roku building and I think, what's in there? And now I know. It's Quibi, Quibi shit. <laughs> it's Quibi shit. The entirety of the archives. It's, it's, it's one uh, thumb drive. <laughs> they, uh, they released. So they delivered the contents of Quibi in a big crate, and then when they cracked the crate open, all the all the spirits of Quibi escaped, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit style, and now the office is, uh, I don't know, hilarious? Right. It's, it's just what it is. There's a golden arm. Yeah. There's a sex robot. Kevin Hart is there. Kevin Hart's a sex bot of a golden arm. You heard it here first, folks. Listen, if you think we've got bad ideas about a about an Indiana Jones game where he guns down a university and Kevin Hart is a sex robot, I've got news for you. You're dumb. Right. I agree. Whew. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Zero Credits. We covered a lot today. Don't do a terrorism Quibi's being bought by Roku. Bethesda needs to hire us. These are the yeah. takeaways, folks. Yeah, we perfectly wrapped it all together in our our, 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 our total package. The, the thing we wanted to communicate most is please give us a job. Exactly. Uh, and if you listen to listen back to every episode, every two hundred, every two hundred and six episodes, how do you say that? Of all of the two hundred and six episodes previous to this, there's a subtle, there's there's a there's a subconscious message in there that just says, just please fucking give us any money, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's very it's subliminal messaging and overt messaging. We do both. Uh, where uh, we just want any sort of creative job that you could think to give us. Yeah, literally any anything. Yeah, we'll do it. I'll write item descriptions. I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll publish video games. Yeah, I don't know what goes into that, but sure, let's do it. I don't know, put them on a fucking floppy disk. Right. Anyway... It if seems you, like. Yeah, yeah. If you want to give us a job, reach out. We're all over the place. Find us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ. John, tell them what that stands for. That stands for Zindiana Cones. 
Pindiana Cones, Windiana, Hones, Indiana. That's right. Send us a, a job offer and we'll send you our resumes and uh, 280 characters. Uh, if you want more space, you can send us an email to email at zerocredits.net. Uh, we accept all forms of email. Doesn't have to be from Hotmail. We just prefer it. Uh, but just send, drop a line. Send us an email. We're on Spotify, and as of new, as of new for 2001. Whoa, <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> no, no, no. I think you killed it on the first. One. As of new for 2001. <laughs> You don't have to spell it any different way. Zero credits. We're on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcast. And if you can leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. But most importantly, just tell your boss at Bethesda that we're available and our resume is this podcast. Tell your boss at Bethesda to listen to our podcast and he'll tell his boss at Bethesda and then that's two bosses and then we're in the money. Word of the mouth is the only way we can get hired by Bethesda to make Indiana Jones come to life on the interactive screen. You know, if you walk into your boss's office at Bethesda and you see all the all the all the upcoming releases, all the framed, all the things they've published like Deathloop and the Elder Scrolls Blades and Dishonored, the Complete Collection, and Doom and, and Dishonored and IHRA Motorsports Drag Racing and Sea Dogs and Magic and Mayhem, the Art of Magic and Near Intense Import Drag Racing and Quake 3 Arena and Magic and Mayhem and Symbiacom and X-Car Experimental Racing and Doom 64 and Skynet and Terminator Future Shock and PBA Bowling. And Henry, did you just die? No. <laughs> Just thought I would uh, shut you up. Oh, uh, from everyone here at the Zero Credits, uh, Doom, the Terminator 2029, Operation Scour, (laughs) the Terminator Rampage, and Wayne Gretzky Hockey 3, we want to wish you. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne Gretzky Hockey 3? Damocles Mercenary 2 and Hockey League Simulator 2, we want to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye.